Hey friends, welcome to It's All In My Head, where I talk to people about their experiences with mental health in a real, raw, and vulnerable way. I'm here to share stories that connect us to others in the way that mental health shows up for us, the challenges that we face, the stuff that gets us through, and perhaps most importantly, how we remain resilient. I'm your host, Joel Kaskinen. All right, y'all, we are back to It's All In My Head. And today I, I'm going to say this every time I'm excited about my guest, but um, yeah, we have one of my favorite people here with me once again. Um, she is one of my current student employees. She is someone that works on my staff um, as a resident assistant. She is a student here at Western. Um, we have been close since your first year here, and we have just grown into a beautiful friendship and a beautiful relationship that is both professional and personal. And yeah, it is, it's just really, really great. So I would like to welcome Kat Smith to the pod. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. You're so nervous. <laughs> to break the ice here and get you a little not so nervous i always ask my guests um what their relationship with mental health is like so if you could just describe your relationship to mental health for us that would be an amazing first start to the podcast well i sorry i'm like trying to word this right um i don't know my mental health um has been like a struggle for me for a long time um, I don't know, like, I've been going to therapy since I was, like, in elementary school, just, like, on and off. Um, so, just, like, I don't know, there's ups and downs, and I, like, it's, like, a cycle, really, for me. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, like, hard years, and then there's, like, great years. Um, and I think a lot about during spring RA training last year, we had to do, like, a graph of, like, our happiness. Yeah. Um, and I like think about that so much because it made me think about the times that I was happy rather than not happy. Um, so that was like really intense uh, to do. And we had to share those experiences with everyone on our resident um, staff. So that was like super intimate. Um, so that like, when you ask me my relationship with mental health, I like go back to that. Um, and it is like a graph, there's ups and downs and um, I don't know. Yeah, there's good times and bad times, but I like know that like every time I struggle with my mental health, I'm becoming stronger. I'm becoming better, um, more aware of myself and aware of other people around me. So yeah. um, even though it's like so shitty to like be super low, I like have to keep in mind I'm going to be better because of this. So um, yeah, it's up and down all the time. Great. I love that you related it back to our graph activity from spring training last year because um, I just think that you're so right. It's it's very relevant to think of things like that where there's spikes and there's plateaus. And if you look at your life in terms of happiness, it goes, you know, off the charts sometimes. And sometimes it's like, you know, it, it, it just looks like one of those like heartbeat graphs. And it's just cool to think about in that way to like conceptualize and visualize your happiness because you don't typically put your happiness out onto paper or like manifest it in a physical way like your happiness is something that you feel it's not something that is like tangible you know right. so it's cool that you related it back to that because it like I don't think people think about their health in that way right I like well I was thinking about this the other day because I journal um I try to journal like every other day and I like journal when I'm sad mm -hmm. and everything like solely when I'm sad and so I was like flipping through the pages of my journal and it's like negative 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 <laughs> and it's like oh my god uh -huh. um, so I'm like 
trying to be more like trying to be better about um like writing the good things in my life so that i can like appreciate those things because when i'm solely focusing on the negative things of course i'm going to be sad um, yeah. because that's like what i'm focusing on and that's where my energy is going it's towards. so true and it's really easy to think about the hard stuff and not as easy to think about the easy stuff because the easy stuff comes and goes but the hard stuff sticks with you right i um yeah i don't know i like journaling for me sorry it's just like um yeah journaling for me is just like a time that i can just like get everything out um and like reflect so i don't really like set time aside i feel as to just like i don't know every time i have downtime no you're okay Uh, (laughs) every time like i have downtime i just like put on my tv show um it's like mindless i don't have to think Mm -hmm. and i like recently realized this um i was having making dinner with my boyfriend and we sit down and i'm like can we put on a movie and uh he was like no like i want to talk to you and i realized like i just had like a super shitty day i didn't want to think about my shitty day and i just wanted to watch like a movie to take my mind off of it mm-hmm. and he bryce my, my wonderful boyfriend was like oh like, i want to talk i want to hear about your day and i had to like replay That's so sweet yeah he's so sweet and he i like basically had to replay my whole terrible day to him and after that i just felt so much better so that was like a few weeks ago uh, and since then i've been trying to be better about journaling just to get it out and so that i can have time to reflect and to think about my actions and my thoughts Uh, and so that's been a lot better for me recently love that um so you journal a lot and you have brought journaling to our staff which i think is really cool because your journaling seems very intentional and i think a lot of people don't know where to begin with journaling um so how did you get into journaling and what is kind of like your process for journaling um when you're having a hard time um, so that's like really funny that you asked because my mom is the master of journaling. Um, she's like been doing it since I was like a child and every time, like I said, like I've been struggling with my mental health for a long time. Um, and my parents, they like don't know how to help me with like the best way, which is fine. They try and that's like all I can ask for. So my mom's way of trying is to be like, ever since I was in elementary school, journal, journal, journal. Um, so like sometimes I go home and I read those like journals from elementary school and it's so embarrassing, mm-hmm. um, but it's like taken years of me writing to just like get it down. Um, but I like how I journal is I like write something to like write down what happened, um, explain it, explain how it happened. And then I explain how I felt. Um, and that's just like, I don't know that feels so much better mm-hmm. uh, because it gives me time to reflect and to, re- and to process uh, the things that happened and so I know so I journaled a lot in high school and it, this is like also like a super sensitive topic to me but I um, had my journal like from my junior and senior year of high school it's like a hefty journal yeah and I went to Mexico uh, my Christmas break of freshman year of college and I go to Mexico, I went to a hostel, and I left my glasses, my phone charger, and my journal. And someone took your journal. I, I just I left it there. And I called like the next day. I was like, hey, do you still have it? And they're like, no, we have no idea what you're talking about. Um, oh no. And I was heartbroken. Um, because like that semester after I like lost that journal, I was like struggling with mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I struggled with in high school. And my journals are there for me to like go back and see how I thought things through. Um, and so I didn't have that. And it was like, basically that journal was like a guide for me. And I didn't have that to like guide my feelings. And I felt like I was doing it all over again. Uh, so I'm like so careful with my journals and I like came back from Mexico and I was at like a new year's Eve party talking to one of my sister's friends. Um, and he, I was like in tears about it, about my journal. And he was like, you know, in your new journal, you should write like a thank you note to your old journal and everything. 
And so every new journal that I have, I write a thank you note to my old journal. That is so cute. So oh. I like that's like like a little transition. Oh, right. that's really cool. Uh, and then like I end my journals with like a thank you note also. So I just, like, love that. Uh, yeah. It, that guy was so drunk and with great <laughs> advice. Sometimes drunken advice is really great advice. It was so great. It was like what I needed. Um, yeah. So I just like, I don't know. My journals really are like everything to me. And I used to like, just like start a new journal every time. Like I had a new feeling and the past like couple of years i've been so great about keeping my journals like as like my current journal so um it's like i write the years on the outside of them and what i started doing recently is like mod podging like the outside of my journals to like things that happened to me in the past year so um my journals are like so precious to my heart <laughs> i love that so much like it's it's like i said your way of journaling is so intentional and we've talked about this before in staff meetings in one-on-ones just in personal conversations and it's so intentional and so meaningful and it's you put the thought into it and that's why it's so rewarding for you is like you get a lot out of it because you intentionally think through the process of journaling of coping of making it intimate of making it creative and so you're tapping into multiple different layers of yourself, which is really cool. Um, that So outside of journaling, though, like, what do you do to, like, what other coping mechanisms do you have, like, when you're going through something difficult and you're having a bad mental health day? Um, so in the past years, uh, I've, like, picked up the unhealthy coping mechanism of having sex. So... Um, just like my mental health in high school, as I'm pretty sure like everyone's involved in high school is just like shit. shit. (laughs) Um, I, it was like really bad my sophomore and junior year. Um, and so I was like using sex as just like having sex with anyone. Um, and that's like so young too, like, which of course makes it even I don't want to say worse, but like even more unhealthy as a young person. Right. Because you're just like, you don't get it. Um, like you don't like in college, um, like, okay. So in high school, I would not get attached to people that I had sex with. Like we'd have sex and I'd go on about my day. Um, and then I got to college and I was like having sex with people and I'd get emotionally attached to them. And I was like, what's happening? You're older, you're more mature, emotionally yeah. intelligent. <laughs> so crazy. And um, I like, so that's what started my like therapy journey in college was that I was like, this is not healthy, like for me to just like constantly have sex. Um, and so that's when I like realized that I was like using it as a coping mechanism. Um, and like my therapist helped me like come to that conclusion mm-hmm. like he knew uh, right off the bat you're like uh duh how didn't I know this and he just like you know walked me guided me to that um but yeah so to like reflect on I don't know I think like three years of just like using sex as a coping mechanism is really hard um to like recognize and so I was like having a really rough week last week mm-hmm. um and I like just wanted to have sex. I was like, uh, and so my sweet boyfriend, uh, once again, is just like great. And he, um, uh, he like makes me slow down a lot, which is nice. And just like understand like why, um, like what's like causing me to like jump to that. Like, ah, like I need sex. Like, <laughs> um, so he, I don't know. So that's like kind of fresh. It's just because that like, Last week, I was, like, trying to do sex as a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, I guess what it's, is... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. What were you... I was say? just going to say, what is it about sex that feels healing in those moments? It's, like... I don't know. I'm, like, still uh, trying to understand it with my therapist, and he uh, just, like, you know, talking it out. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of touch, Um I talk a lot about what my love language is, mm-hmm. and my love language is touch. 
Okay. I'm so touchy with my friends. I love to play with their hair. <laughs> I love to cuddle my friends. Uh, I know I like love to snuggle, um, mm-hmm. but like sex is just like brings it to a whole new level uh, because it's like not just orgasms where <laughs> you're like gonna get into it. Uh, it's like not just um, orgasms that like were satisfying. Like because I wasn't having orgasms uh, with guys at high school they're in high school like don't um, know how to do that yeah (laughs) not quite there yet yeah so like in high school i was like having sex not for the orgasm i was like having it but it was like the physical like intimate like connection of like feeling someone next to you yeah and in that like in those moments it's like oh this person cares about me yeah and then they come and it's like they don't actually care about (laughs) me whatsoever um and so yeah it's just like the touch and the attention yeah. um, is like what was really like, I don't know, what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like recognizing that in college is hard because like in college is the time that I like should have been doing like all of that. And like in college is when I like started pressing on the brakes, especially like this past year. Yeah. Um, and like this year alone um, is like the amount of people I've had sex with this year in 2020 is like I don't know like in high school I don't know I'm like trying to like the amount of people I've had sex with this year um isn't even close to the amount of people I had sex with like in one month in high school so like that is wild uh it's growth it's growth <laughs> yeah. for sure absolutely uh, I and like don't look at like this is like me judging you whatsoever like I'm not at all like I get it like completely understand like people cope in wild ways and whether it's drugs alcohol sex crying every day it, I mean like we cope in what like insane ways like we are wild and like I'm not at all judging whatsoever like girl get off with who you want to like I'm all about it <laughs> but I'm I'm loving that like you are realizing you know like I, it, it was all fun and games but it was not healthy and now you're at a point where you're like okay slow down babe like let's do this for me now well it was like crazy because like you know, I would have sex with someone and then I would like feel shittier about myself yeah, afterwards of course. because like high school, everyone's mean in high school. Um, so that was like highly frowned upon to like have sex, um, with a bunch of people right. in high school. Cause um, you automatically get labeled as a whore or a slut or whatever. And right. And so it's I, just like unfair. Honestly, I talked in my last episode um, that will be, I'll be releasing this Saturday, but I talked, um, with my best friend Monica about labels and how I just like really hate them because a lot of times they're like so unvalidated. They're so invalidated. I don't know. I can't English right now, but like, it's just so like, it's not necessary. It's totally like unfair and unwarranted and just, it's gross. Anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted. uh, Yeah. So that like also didn't help my mental health and, um, what like started this is that like I cheated on a boyfriend, um, okay. someone I loved, and um, he was the best. I like just want to go on a little tangent about how great <laughs> this like first boyfriend was. He, yeah. um, he had like such a wonderful family, and he like was just such a great guy. Like to have a first boyfriend to be that great to like set the bar that high uh, is incredible. Like I feel so lucky. Uh, like I look at my friends, they talk about their like first boyfriends, and they're like, "Fuck him!" Yeah. I like, I <laughs> only think of this boyfriend with like kindness and like. That's love. really sweet. Uh, and so yeah, he's just he was wonderful, um, and he still is. And we like chat every few months just to be like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Which is like crazy because I cheated on him. Um, I like, I, I don't know. I like panicked um in high school I was like oh my gosh this guy's great like um and, you know in high school you're naive and I was like this is the person I'm gonna be with forever, forever. <laughs> like, you're just like what naive. else do you know <laughs> yeah exactly and, um he so I just like panicked and had sex with someone else and I like my body doesn't handle guilt well I threw up twice a week for like oh my five God. weeks um I would like have panic attacks um and then I told him I was like, I can't hold this in anymore. Um, physically, like I couldn't. Like, yeah, that is wild. Um, and like, 
and it's weird. It, like that whole thing for me was so, so strange. <laughs> and so I told him he broke, broke up with me naturally, like as you should when someone cheats on you. Like um, PSA, if someone cheats on you, they did it for a reason. Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah. gets on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I um, so he broke up with me, and that just like. I hated myself because I was like, how could I do this to someone that I cared about and loved? Yeah. And that just like sent me on a whole spiral. And throughout high school, like all these terrible things would happen to me. Um, I got recorded while having sex and that got sent around um, my high school. And I kept telling myself, I deserve this. Like because of what I did to my boyfriend, I was like, of course, this is like what I deserve. Not a reason for that ever. <laughs> it's like um, not. And that's like, years of therapy is like understanding that um and so that's like something that I still like struggle with and the time when like something shitty happens to me I'm like it's because <laughs> I cheated on that boyfriend <laughs> like um, oh my gosh um, karma's like, not that big of a bitch yeah, it, like, <laughs> uh, I, that was like more in high school um I was sexually assaulted and so that was like also just like um uh, thinking like when everyone's calling you a whore and everything in a slut you like think you're that low um so when things happen to you you're like oh yeah i deserved it um so years of therapy um is like me wanting to send my therapy bills to the people that like caused me to go to therapy um but i like finally understand like that was not my fault i did not deserve those things um and so that's like hard (laughs) to like even say still mm-hmm. um and i like still have panic attacks um i like my panic attacks were like a lot worse than high school i was like having one once a week um and so like i don't know i that's like i'm from like the suburbs of houston <laughs> houston texas and i just like couldn't get further away from texas i was like fuck this fuck these people um and like got the hell out of Dodge and everything and came to Colorado and but it's like you can move locations but those things those still things still stay with you right so um I'm like trying my hardest to like be better now um so that like when I move I'm like not moving so that I'm like getting away from something mm-hmm. um so I yeah so those like I don't know where I was going with any of this um but just, yeah, understanding, like, those, like, when those, like, terrible things happened to me in high school, it was, like, weird because, like, I would have these, like, shitty experiences with sex, and I would want to have sex as, like, a, cop- as a coping mechanism. Right. So it's, it's risk, like, cause and effect. Like, you know, something happened, your response is to go back to that. Right. And it's, like, uh, yeah, my therapist is just, like... <laughs> Whoa! Walls <laughs> um, up, walls up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, yeah, so just like, that was like also hard for me because like, um, I think I went with like three months without having sex my senior year of high school. And that was like so long for me not to have sex. And um, yeah, it like was not healthy. Um, it was like those three months happened after I was sexually assaulted um it took me getting sexually assaulted to be like this is not okay um and yeah so that's like uh, it's hard um to like understand like I don't know so yeah it's like it's crazy um how those like those terrible things have affected me to Mm -hmm. now um they like have made me like I don't know, more of a feminist, I guess, like yeah. the yeah. Um, labeling and like, I can talk to people and be like, Hey, um, like, I don't know. Um, it was really weird because like in high school, my friends would be like, Oh, cats are good. Sex god, like whatever. Like they would like come to me <laughs> for like sex advice. And I'd be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I'm like just as young as you are. Oh, like, oh wow. Um, that is wild. Yeah. So it was just like, crazy uh and like so like my friends from high school will like text me and like ask me for like sex advice and i'd be like i don't know <laughs> like i'm not I'm, the person to ask yeah i'm like not a sex expert like i 
was that having sex because like I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, now, now I do <laughs> like, it's like, uh, I guess I, well, cause <laughs> you found someone that like actually you love and he loves you back and it's meaningful and that is, sex is enjoyable. It is so crazy to have sex with someone that you love and you care about and they love and care about you too, mm-hmm. because it's 10 times more intimate and you're like so vulnerable, not like, because like, it's one thing for me to be like vulnerable physically with a guy and that's like kind of came so easy to me but being like emotionally vulnerable with someone yeah. was it's different it's a different form of intimacy it's like oh my god like what um and bryce is just the best <laughs> okay like he's just the sweetest person um tomorrow's his birthday and i'm just like, oh, so excited just to spend a that. day with him uh yeah he's just I like, I, this is going to sound stupid, naive, I understand that, but just like, it's crazy to have someone who understands you and who like, I like called Bryce today, like as an example, I called him today and I just like, for some reason, panicked while I was on the phone and all that came out of my mouth was, hey, I'm it. He's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, nothing. And it was just like, here, like, Bryce was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, it's totally just, like, it's so sweet about it. I so can picture both of you in this moment. <laughs> yeah, like, just, like, panic. Uh, yeah, I, like, Bryce, having sex with Bryce, it's, Bryce is probably going to hate this. Like, just, like, we're talking about our sex life uh, <laughs> on a podcast. He should have known when he signed up. <laughs> When yeah. you signed up to do this, that yeah. he was getting himself into this deal. I like talked to him last night, and I was like, "Hey, it's gonna be like a little bit or a lot of bit about sex." Yeah. Um, so maybe he, we'll get him on as a guest next week, and we can hear his perspective yeah. <laughs> of our sex life. Yeah, he did too. Yeah, he just like I don't know. Having sex with Bryce has brought like sex to a whole new meaning for me. Um, because having sex with Bryce isn't like, it's like another way to say I love you, um, which hasn't like, it has never been a thing for me ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and that's crazy intimate. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, that whole relationship with Bryce is just strong. Um, Okay, well, we're going to take a very quick break and we're going to shift gears a little bit when we get back. Okay, so Kat, I want to continue this conversation about sex just a little bit further. Um, you referenced your sexual assault and I don't want to get into that just because it's very intimate to you and our guests do not need to know the full story. Um, I want to protect you and your vulnerability and, you know, your process through grief and through trauma. The piece of that that I do want to focus on though is what your grief journey and your trauma journey looked like post assault, because I think that I mean, I don't have to tell you, you know this, as a college student, as a woman, as a young Gen Z person, you know the statistics around sexual assault and you know the impacts that it has on young generations of people today. So I really want your perspective as a survivor to be shared in terms of like what the grieving and what the trauma and what that mental health journey looked like after that. It um, was hard because I didn't talk, uh, I I didn't talk about it with anyone. Um, I like probably told my best friend um, like months later and she was like the first person I told. And I like, felt like it was my fault. Like once again, like that process of being like, this is my fault for putting myself in that situation. Um, sex was like frowned upon amongst my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like, I had like just gotten in trouble for that like whole recording thing. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, I didn't want to bring that up to my parents, and I, like, still haven't. And because it's, like, that's, like, a whole thing I didn't want to – I didn't want to relive it. Like, at the time after it happened, um, when it happened, I was, like – during the time that it happened, I was dog sitting for one of our neighbors, and that, like, entailed me spending the night at their house, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, basically living at their house. Um, And that was, like, great. Like, I can't imagine if – like I got sexually assaulted and then had to like be at my own house. I got to be at their house and I just laid in bed and cried for three days. I'd like go over to my house for meals and like go back to their house and just cry. Um, it was like the summer of 2017 and I, yeah, it just like, I don't know. It was like hard to get out of bed. Um, it was like hard to have sex, um, after that. And I don't know, I think part of me like blocked that out of my mind, um, blocked the whole experience out of my mind. I was like highly intoxicated when it happened. Um, and I was 17 and he was like 22, 21. Um, and I just like, I don't know, I, I didn't know what to do. Like after it happened, um, I had no idea. No one like talks to you about like, yeah. especially like the suburbs of Houston, Texas. No one is going into high schools and being like, "Hey, if you're sexually assaulted, this is like the steps to do." Um, no one does that. Like, I just felt embarrassed that it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just didn't talk to anyone about it, and I just laid in bed and cried for months—not months, but for like um, a week—and then. I just tried to just block it out of my mind and it wasn't until like I got to college that I like started talking about it um because western not western but my I like had an English professor who talked about it and he would be like he opened the floor of like normalizing talking about your sexual assault yeah um I love that professor still I he doesn't work here anymore but I still email him Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, because he just, yeah, that was like the first time I was like, hey, uh, like normalized talking about it. Like no one was like standing up, like sharing their story. But he talked about like how many, like one out of so many women um, get sexually assaulted. And especially like on uh, college campuses. And he like opened the conversation about it's like one one in eight one in four like do you know the number one in four women are assaulted on college campuses but i think that statistic is slightly outdated i think that was like 2016 or something it's probably like so he like asked the class he was like do you guys know like um how many like the odds are like of a woman being sexually assaulted like on a campus and a girl was like one in four um and he was like, do you know how much it is on Western's campus? Um, and the same girl's like one in four. And that's like terrifying to think about uh, because Western is small. So like, you know, you know, like so many women um, and it's like the odds are of them being sexually assaulted on this campus and that like it has happened is just gross. Absolutely. Um, and it's like, I feel gross that like, I don't know, that like this thing happened to me in high school um, and it still like affects me where it's just like not getting overly intoxicated like that. Now, like, I don't think I've been that intoxicated since um, like, since that happened, that event happened to me. Um, So like, I don't know, there's things like that that just, Sorry, I'm like thinking about my train of thought. Um, Take your time. <laughs> I don't know. It's just um, I don't know how like it just like still affects you afterwards. Um, and it's like only when I'm like with a group of women that it's like, oh, okay, we can relax and everything, um, because of the, like the chance that you just like pass out on a couch um, and you like wake up and a guy's there and it's like, what? Um, 
I don't know. So it's just like the grieving process for that for me was weird because I didn't talk about it. I was embarrassed um, because like you hear about it, um, not even hear about it, like in movies, TV shows, you yeah. hear about it. Um, and I don't know. So like, I don't know. It just felt embarrassing because no one I knew personally had been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I like told my best friend that first time, um, she was just like, uh, she was so great about it. Like what you would want someone to say is exactly what she said. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I like, after it happened, I felt gross with myself. Um, in those like three days that like I was in like in that house just like crying by myself um I got a phone call like a random number called me um and I answered I'm like hey hello like you know like this is like before I was doing spam calls like every day right um and I answered I'm like hello and this person was like this is your life wake up call use it um and then oh my hung god up. what yeah it was like crazy um, and I used it. I like didn't have sex for like those three months um, after that. And I don't know that like those three months really like shaped me mm-hmm. to the person that I am now. Um, just because I was like defining myself as like a whore and as a slut. And then those three months like just kind of flipped me around. And it was like, I am not a whore. I'm not a slut. Um, and that just like, I don't know my personality grew more. I like became more confident in myself after that, um, which is like crazy that that's like what it took mm-hmm. uh, to get me to be in that place. Um, but yeah, I like I don't know. Um, my sister was like in the house when it happened, um, but like she was also really intoxicated um, and. I just like, I don't know. I told her this year, the year 2020, I told her um, and like explained it to her. And I just cried. Um, and once again, like what you wanted someone to say to you after you tell them about that experience is exactly what she did. Um, and she's like, <laughs> I like, realized the reason I was like holding off on telling her was because like I thought I would tell her and she'd be like it's your fault like you shouldn't have been that intoxicated Mm -hmm. in the first place um and so that's why like I put off telling her for so long um but she was like the I don't know why like I ever doubted what like how she would react and how she would make me feel um so (laughs) I like wish I would have said something to my parents um because I like don't want to be the Brent, like the Kavanaugh case, like um, that woman, like coming out years, years, years and years, and years later. Yeah, and everyone be like, "Oh, you're remembering the wrong guy," um, and it's like, "Fuck you!" No, she's not. Yeah, um, and that's just like really gross. And I like sometimes imagine like if this guy like ever went to politics or like became a strong politician i like imagine myself being that woman sure sure um and him being like she's making it up here's my calendar for like (laughs) when i was in college Um, oh my god Uh, i was like um i don't know like during that time um that was like really hard like during the kavanaugh case Mm -hmm. um that was like overly difficult for me um, just because it brought up all those memories. Absolutely. Of, like, of course it did. Uh, no one like believing you and you like hear about all the cases where like, um, women like take the, uh, assaulter to court and like no one believes them. And that's like so hard mm-hmm. to hear because that's just like discouraging, um, for people to like call out their assaults, like assaulters. Um, is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Assaulters. It's good Not what enough. It's, now. it's good enough for me. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like during that case, just like a lot of emotions. Like, um, I like really. I don't know. I like. It's weird to think about. I like have more anger 
um, towards like the guy who videotaped me while uh-huh. having sex in high school. Um, and like two guys were like involved in that. Like um, I was having sex with one guy and another guy was like in the doorway recording and I didn't know. Um, and it's absolutely disgusting. It is disgusting. Um, the guy recording was Mormon. Um, my family like has. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Um, my like family, uh, extended family is Mormon. And so, um, we like, we were part of the church when I was younger. So I told my dad, um, about it because I was like, I think someone like in my life should know. And I like told my dad, oh my gosh. um, and my dad, um, called the bishop. Um, and he like the bishop, like sat down with the parents and with the kid, um, and it like it, uh, police were involved. It's like child pornography. Uh, I was like sixteen at the time, um, and so I don't know. Like my parents didn't handle that whole situation well, and I think that's what like deterred me from saying anything to them about like my sexual assault yeah. is because like um, they because like the recording happened like a few months prior to the sexual assault and. They like didn't handle it well. Um, my dad just was like, "This is my fault, like, um, for not being in your life enough." Um, and my mom made me feel like it was my fault. Um, I was grounded, um, and so that like, I don't know. They since then they've like come a long way with mental health um, with me because I think I am like I because I've been struggling with it for so long, but. We, we didn't talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. we never talked about mental health um, in my family. And I, like, recently, uh, like, after those, like, events um, in my life, I was very suicidal. Um, and no one talked to me about it. Yeah. Uh, suburbs of Houston, once again. <laughs> um, of course, they're not talking to you about things like that. Right. And um, I, like, talked to my family recently about, like, I, like, had a bit of anger towards them for being like, why didn't you say, like, why didn't you have that conversation with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and my older sister, oldest sister, she was like, why didn't you say anything to us? And I like, that made me so mad. Um, because like, I think about Jared. Uh, imagine saying that to Jared. Yeah. Um, Jared, why didn't you come to any of us? Um, so that's like so frustrating. Sorry. Yeah, no, you can absolutely cry. Uh, this is all about mental health, and <laughs> part of mental health is crying. Um, and so, like, and then, like, right after I like had that conversation with my mom, I was like, "Why didn't you say anything to me?" And my mom was like, "I took you to therapy," and it's like, "You didn't say anything to me. You didn't have that conversation um, to like open the floor about that." Um, so like this, I don't know, like it's weird. I've like been better um, about voicing to my family, like, hey, I'm not doing great. Like um, back in February and March of this year, I was not doing great. And I like <laughs> went to student affairs. I was like, I need to go home tomorrow, hopped on the next flight and then went home yeah. um, because like my mental health is so bad. Um, and I like my mom drove from Austin to Houston to pick me up from the airport. Um, she took me out to dinner and she gave me the best talk um, ever. Like that like conversation that she had with me was great. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then like she dropped me off at my dad's house. My dad, he and I like stayed up until two in the morning, like having such a long conversation me just crying um yes and that was like um the mental health like from february was like um from fall semester of 2019 um that was just like a shit show <laughs> um with jared's death with mm-hmm. the building that i was an ra for um flooding and then not having a great boss Um, so like that not having like the support system I needed during Mm -hmm. those events Mm -hmm. also just like failed me um 
And so I, and then like taking a step back from like my best friend, um, that like also just like my mental health, um, towards the end of that semester was just terrible. I was so excited to just go home, um, and like be able to process it. Christmas break, I was like, I'm going to be, um, home and just like be able to process all these things that happen, um, come back next semester even stronger. And then, um, the first weekend of Christmas break, the first weekend I was home, my sister and I went to Mexico, uh, same place where I lost my journal. Oh. Um, and I'm obsessed with whales. Um, and so we went to Cabo and it's whale season um, in December and January. And because my mental health wasn't doing well, so I was like, I just need to be around some motherfucking whales. Like, uh, <laughs> I love that. I, so I like begged my sister to go with me, and she was like, Yeah, sure. It's our first night there, and my crotch just hurts. And I was like, Man, what the fuck is this? And um, I like pulled my sister in the bathroom, and I was like, Look at my vagina. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Look at my vagina. Um, I was like, what do you think like, this what's is? what's going on? Yeah, and, um, I just had sores, um, and that was my first breakout of herpes. Um, so, I, we, like, got there on Friday or Saturday, um, we cut our trip short. We, she was like, listen, we, like, shouldn't go home tomorrow, like, Sunday. Offices, like, hospitals like doctor's office is not gonna be open yeah so my sister was like just enjoy the time that we're here right now but it was like crotch was burning the entire time mm. i like could only i like, wear, can't even imagine yeah like i just like had to wear loose stuff i like didn't want to wear a bikini um because it just like hurt so much so i'm like sitting there with like my loose shorts just like sitting on the beach oh. in my loose shorts, uh t-shirt and anyways we're like we wake up Monday. We were supposed to like leave Wednesday. We woke up Monday. And we're like going to the airport, and I'm like calling the doctor's office, and this was like super emotional for me at the time. I'm like crying, I'm, like sobbing to the doctor, oh, um, and I was like, "Hey, I think I'm like having an outbreak of herpes right now." Um, and she was like, oh, "I was like, hey, can I get a doctor's appointment?" And they were like, oh, we don't have anything available. Like, I was, I'm having an outbreak of herpes, I think. Um, I need Like, get me the fucking to an appointment today. Right. And um, they were like, can you come in right now? And I was like, I'm in fucking Mexico right now. Like, I'll be there in four hours. Um, and so, like, as soon as we landed, um, I was, like, once again, like, scared to, like, have that conversation with my dad. Um, and because, like, of course, like, we land and I can't just be like, Hey, have to go to the doctors, like made a doctor's appointment today. Like I can just like be like that. So oh I, my gosh. um, like was talking to my dad on the porch and I like told him and he handled it so well. Oh, um, God. So like my parents have been like showing up for me more and more um, the past couple of years. And that's like so great. Like when you have that like family support system, um, is so wonderful and so i like told my dad um and he was great about it uh, my sister drove me to the doctor's office and the doctor was like yep uh, and she like swabbed and everything um it's like it's not like a pee test or a blood test she like had to swab it sure um and yeah and so like i found out like a week later um because it was like Christmas, like it was like two days before Christmas. Um, their office was going to be closed for the next couple of days. Um, and so that was like really hard to be like around my family and just to be like so sad. And so like all that stuff happened um, that semester. And I was like excited to be home to just process and decompress. And then this happens. Right. So I like had to spend all Christmas break trying to process that I like had herpes. I was like, I'm never going to be able to have sex again. Uh, but I like, uh, was seeing a guy like at the time, like wasn't dating him, just kind of seeing him. Um, and he helped me a lot. Um, Good. like process that, like, um, 
when we were seeing each other. And then one of the guys that I was like on staff with last year, um, I would just cry to him um, and he would just listen. And it, I had like, if it weren't for those two guys, I think I would still be like a shit show right now. <laughs> um, but they like, um, they talked about it with me a lot. Um, and the guy like that I was on staff with, uh, we would like be on duty and we would like, you know, duty would be done at midnight and we'd like stay in the office until like two in the morning and oh I would just gosh. be sitting there crying about it. Uh, and he, like, he probably doesn't understand, like realize how much he helped me, but like that, having like, those conversations um, and he like really normalized it for me. Um, and that was so helpful. <laughs> like, um, and like that, the guy that I was seeing at the time, he and I had a falling out. Um, and I like, talked mad shit about him uh, for a while. Um, but he, Coping mechanism. Yeah, he, uh, but it like journaling made me reflect on that like relationship and um, just made me like realize like I'm so grateful for him, for that guy. Um, those two guys, like they um, helped me a lot with it. And I like after I like ended things with the guy I was seeing, I like started sleeping with another guy. Uh, so the thing with herpes is you can only pass herpes. I feel like I should explain it because like <laughs> not everyone knows. I didn't know. Explain it. I like, I thought I was never going to have sex ever again. And I was like, there goes my coping mechanism. <laughs> uh, and, oh, cat. <laughs> so um, I, oh, I'm so sorry. You were explaining how it works. Oh, yes. So um, with herpes, you have your initial breakout and uh, it just like, that's the worst one. That's breakout is going to be the worst one that you have. Uh, and then the first year that you have it. So like, I'm still in my first year of having it. Um, and I've only had like two or three other breakouts. Um, and things that cause a breakout is stress, cold, like uh, extreme colds or extreme hots, um, <laughs> your immune system being down. Um, and I feel like there's another one. But I was like, I'm in fucking college. Are you kidding me? Not be stressed. <laughs> um, and my, like my doctor's like telling me all these things. And I was like, can I have a breakout like every week? Every day, all yeah. the time. I'm just gonna live in constant herpes outbreak. Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, I was just like so upset and everything, but I've like only had two breakouts, or not two, like probably three breakouts since my initial breakout. Um, and you can only give it to other people if you are having a breakout. Um, and there's like pills that you can take every day to like keep the breakouts at a minimum and when you do have a breakout you like hop on your medicine um and it's quick um I like always take my pills wherever I go uh, just by like the chance that um I like have an outbreak yeah um and then I like am on it for like three days and then it's usually gone like within a week so it's like not terrible, uh, it's manageable. Um, but I like remember being in high school um, and I was like, if I ever got herpes, I would kill myself and everything. Um, it's like, and after I was like suicidal in high school. So like that was in my early years of high school. Um, and after I was like being suicidal in high school, I, um, anytime someone says like, oh, that just like made me want to kill myself. It's like, fuck you. Right. Do not say that. That yeah. is not a joke. That it's not funny. Um, fuck you. If you say that, that is like not okay. Um, because if you mean it, like, let's say you say it constantly and one day you actually mean it. Uh -huh. Um, no, it's going to take it seriously. Yeah. And so that's yeah. terrifying. Um, and when it, it, you say it so fluently, so freely, just like totally, with no inhibitions, you just do it. It, you don't know the impact that it has on other people. I mean, like I actually just called out a friend yesterday 
um, that I was talking to because they said something about like, I want to shoot myself in the face or something. And I literally, I like started crying because we've been through so many deaths recently and I'm still very much so in my grief process that I literally started crying and I was like, you cannot say things like that, especially around me, but you can't say things like that because it's so disgusting and it's highly insensitive. And I, I was on the phone with this person and I just hung up. I was like, I have to go. It, I like, uh, after that experience in high school, uh, it like, I like have goosebumps on my arm for like, even just like thinking about like saying that, like even saying it, like made my insights just like, yeah, it's itch. And we've all said it. I mean, like, I don't know a single person that, like, has never said it just, like, in a jokingly, like, off-kilter, like, offhand manner. I don't even know what off-kilter is. Why did I just say that? I don't know. Um, But, like, it just, it happens. It's so normalized in our culture to say things like that. It's just, like, gross. But, I mean, like, it's, it, yeah. It's disappointing. So, but I, like, had that mentality um, before, like, when I was a surface level bitch I guess a surface level <laughs> bitch um so like my early years in high school um I like had that thought um and so that was like hard to get herpes if, like to have that thought um so like the month of February and March I like collapsed basically um everything that happened fall semester yeah. had piled on absolutely um, it was like <laughs> rubble you're a pile of rubble <laughs> right and I just like um, I, my best friend, um, I was spending every night in her room, um, and in her bed, we would have sleepovers constantly. Um, I was like, so afraid to be alone, um, for those like month and a half. Then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID could not have come at a better time for me. <laughs> because you needed the break. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I think I'm the most like extrovert introvert ever. <laughs> I need my alone time. I love to be alone. I love to be alone <laughs> so much. And so for COVID to happen and everyone's like, ah, I'm like, oh my God. Yes. I like love to be alone and have my space. And it could not have come at a better time um, just to like, be able to not talk to people, um, to be able to just like, I don't know, to think through all those things. And I like, um, realized recently, like, I'm not done processing anything yeah. that has happened in the past year. And, um, yeah, so it's, like, great to realize that I need to um, process those things. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, Kat, we can literally talk about all of this forever and days, and we will obviously continue talking about this forever and days and eternities because you and I are both those kind of people that talk about everything all day long, nonstop, and we are no holds barred or whatever that phrase is, and we just let everything loose. And so, anywho, we can spend all night talking about mental health, sexual assault, herpes grief and trauma, whatever. Um, But I want to kind of close things out the way that I always do by asking you what Sisu means to you. Um, So for my guests listening, Sisu is the Finnish word that translates in English to guts, determination, tenacity, um, resilience, grit, you know, that kind of concept. Um, and it's really a lifestyle that the Finns embody. So if you were to answer the question today, Kat, what does Sisu mean to you in terms of your mental health and your, like this journey of life, how would you answer? Um, so when you're talking about this, I think of like boxing. Um, yes. So I was on the boxing club for like a little bit last year um, and I had like, I had sparred with my coach, um, got punched in the face a lot, <laughs> um, it hurts. <laughs> um, and anyways, but I like, what I think about when you say these things is um, keep getting off the mat. Um, Amazing. And it's just like, you know, there's like that phrase, um, 
you know, like, I think of like Rocky. <laughs> he's like, he's like talking to his son and I'm pretty sure I'm like quoting this right. Is he's like, you know, no one's going to hit you as hard as like life's going to hit you. Yeah. Um, and I like think about that is that like you're, you just got to get up off the mat. Um, each time like keep coming back. Um, because like last year, that's like how I felt is that you I kept ju- kept falling down on the mat. You um, just kept getting punched in the face, punched in the face, punched in the face, and you kept getting up. I love this. Yeah, so that's that's like beautiful. What it means to me is just get off the mat. Um, I love that cat. Because you're just gonna be stronger because of it. This episode is now gonna be titled "Cat Gets Off the Mat." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. So my last question for you um, before we go, because this podcast is all about connecting with other people who are going through their own mental health stuff, where can people find you if they wanted to reach out? Um, Can they connect with you on social? Do you have a website? Do you have, where can they find you? Uh, So I, my Instagram handle is catsmith31. Yeah, uh, that's like my main thing. Oh, I'm panicking. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Why are you panicking? I don't know. I like, can't remember my Twitter handle. Um, but you can also reach me at my Western email at katherine.smith at western.edu. Um, yeah, ask me questions um, about my mental health. I love talking about it. Um, yeah. Kat and I literally, our one-on-ones are mostly just us talking about our mental health journeys. It's the best. Yeah. And I like, I know I liked in one of our one-on-ones, I talked about like this idea that I had of, um, I want to make a TV show that's like centered around mental health. Um, and I was like working on that for my entrepreneurship project. And I like recently had to like pivot my project because I was like, this is so overwhelming for me because it's sure. like I don't like totally have a grip on my mental health or like um just yet so I like had a long conversation with my professor about it and he is wonderful um the entrepreneurship professor entrepreneurship professor here at Western it's just he's such a great guy and his wife is a wonderful woman um yeah and so they like were so understanding about like I was like I think I need to pivot my like idea that I have um so that's like something that I still like want to work on. Um, it's just like bringing more awareness to mental illnesses um, because we like can think of all the stereotypes of mental illnesses, mm-hmm. but we like this mental illness is not just a stereotype. Absolutely. It's not cookie cutter. It's not linear. It's fluid. It's evolving. It's breathing and living. And yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, are you working on any projects outside of uh, yourself outside of school is what are you doing is there anything like fun that you're doing right now uh so one of my like in my entrepreneurship class we have to have a concept that we work on all semester um and every like entrepreneurship class that i take it's just like getting you one step closer like giving you the tools um to have like to make a business um so recently what i pivoted to is I fly standby, so I fly free um, on every flight uh, for United, really. And what I want to do is make a business that connects all standbys together. Um, And just like, basically, it's like a club. So you just, I don't know, meet up with people in different cities and different countries. um, And flying standby, you know, like, you're not going to make it on day one. Like I was getting going to Portugal and I made it on like day three. Um, and, and it's like, so you, when you travel with other standbys, they get it. Like you're not going to get on the first flight and no one panics about not making it. You're just like, Oh yeah, <laughs> we're going to be here for another five hours. Um, what a cool concept. Yeah. So that's like something that I've recently been really on. It's just like, uh, connecting standbys. Um, and so, that's like the concept that I'm like grasping together right now for my business idea. Amazing. Yeah. I, that I'm just so inspired by you all the time. You just, you're so creative and you're just so 
the way that you think about things is so, I just keep coming back to the word intentional, but you are just, you're so inspiring. I love you. Um, well, too. thank you so much for being here today, Kat. I really appreciate it. And I'm hopeful that our guests connect with your story today and that we can all continue realizing that it's all in our heads. Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to connect with me, you can email me at itsallinmyhead.show at gmail.com, add me on Instagram at itsallinmyhead.show, or connect with me on Twitter at allinmyhead.show.